Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Soul City, look at y'all. Oh, no, that's not good. How are we doing today, Soul City Church? Look at you. You're here. My gosh, that's a big deal. I can't say that. It's a really big deal that you're here, that you would, you would carve out this time, whether you're here in person or whether you're with us online right now. I really I want to commend you. It's no small thing to say, I need God. I need to make this space. I need to be here. I need to, I need to make sure that I'm in the presence of God. That's no small thing. Thank you. Our hope is that this is a gift to you, that you can then live out your life with God throughout the rest of this week, that this is an important part of that. So I'm so glad you're here. I'm so, so, so glad that you are here. My name is Jared. I'm one of the lead pastors of Soul City Church, and we are just a local church with a global vision, but a pretty simple mission. We want to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. That's why we do everything we do around here. Everything you just heard John talk about with Hope for All, we just want people to know and then to grow in a relationship with Jesus. And that's going to look different for all of us, but that's what we're all about. And today we're actually kicking off a new series, as John mentioned, called Less Is More. We're intentionally learning to say yes to less so that we can have more and more of God in our lives and share God with others. One of the cool things that we're going to be actually doing together as a church during this season is we're actually starting tomorrow. So this is important that you are here. Tomorrow, we're starting a 21-day fast together as a church. Baby, baby, who cheers for fasts? Let's go. Zoe cheers for fasts. We're starting a 21-day fast. I don't think we've ever done anything like this Like as a church. We're spending the next 21 days intentionally and consistently learning to say no to all the things that would distract us or demand our attention or that we've grown a dependence on so that we can say yes to Jesus. That's why we're doing it all. So that we can actually hear, we want to hear from God. I don't know. Does anyone here want to hear from God? Like I need to hear from God right now, especially. So that's why we're actually doing it as individuals, but also as a church. We believe God has something for our church for this next season. Now, some of you may have done this before, uh, fast of this type. We've done this. We started this church by fasting. We've done several like as a staff and as individuals, but I don't know if we've ever done this corporately before. So if you're kind of new uh, to this, there's lots of different ways to fast. And each one of the things that we fast from is going to look different from uh, each other. There are a couple different, I'll just real quick, a couple different types of fasts. There are selective fasts where you remove certain foods uh, from your regular rhythm, maybe um, liquids from your, like a certain kind of liquid from your diet, like a drink or something like that. There's a Daniel fast. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Daniel fast. We've done that several times. It's where you kind of say no to, to meats and sweets and breads, and you basically spend 21 days eating vegetables and fruit and drinking water and broth. I think broth is your cheat meal. Uh, so it's, it's no joke, and lots of people are going to be doing that here. Or, or it can mean that you cut out a specific food. So maybe it means you cut out coffee for 21 days or alcohol for 21 days or desserts for 21 days, right? So there's lots of different things that you can do that. Then there are limited fasts where you uh, take a meal and you swap that meal out for a time of prayer. So maybe during a certain time of day, maybe it's breakfast, maybe it's lunch or something like that. You say, hey, every day, no matter what, even if there's like a thing I got to go to, I'm going to intentionally choose not to eat this meal. And I'm going to take some time during that time to pray, to seek God, to be in his presence. So that's a way of doing a limited fast. Then there's a soul fast that you can do where you abstain from areas of your life that maybe are causing you to live out of rhythm with God. And so maybe for you, that's like social media. I think everyone could do a social media fast and the world might be the best place ever if we did. But you can fast from social media. You can fast from television. Maybe 
It means like replacing a podcast. Maybe you listen to a podcast or the news or something on your commute. You replace that with worship. So that's kind of like a soul level fast. I would recommend this is for those for whom uh, maybe a food related fast might not be wise uh, and because of health related issues or might not be wise for you to do. Uh, then you might want to choose a soul fast. Lots of different ways to fast. There's lots of different resources actually on that. But here's the deal. We're inviting all of us to do that. Whether you're here in Chicago or whether you're with us online, we're so glad that you're here. We're all going to be doing this. And we believe it's going to be a powerful season for our church. And while none of us know what's actually going to unfold in the future, have y'all just kind of given up on like one-year plans and three-year plans? Like we have a 21-day plan. That's as far as we've gotten (laughs) And we know for the next 21 days, we're going to seek God like never before. And this weekend, it starts tomorrow. So it's really important that you pay attention. You got that? It starts tomorrow. Okay, good. This weekend, we're kicking all of that off by looking at something I think all of us would say that we probably have way too much of, more than we would ever want. We could use a lot less of. And I just want to spend the next couple of moments talking about stress. We're going to talk about stress. Raise your hands if you feel like you got too much stress. In your life, you could use less stress. I see kids raising hands. Okay, listen, it only gets worse. Listen, we could use less stress in our lives, couldn't we? All of us actually could. Yeah, the the same is true for me. I could use a lot less stress in my life because we're already living at levels of stress that were previously unimaginable to former generations. Your grandparents could not comprehend all the things that you are stressed out about in your life right now. We're already at maxed out levels of what our bodies can handle when it comes to stress. And that was before the last two years. Because now we're experiencing what you could call compounded COVID stress. Compounded COVID stress, where you have all the normal things you stress about, but now it's compounded because there's a global pandemic and that brings all of its own unique challenges. There is global recession and inflation. There's a long overdue racial reckoning that all of us are holding in different ways. And if you're looking at your life right now and going, man, I just, I don't, I don't really know what to stress about. Just turn the news on for like three minutes. They'll tell you exactly something to stress about because we're living in an age of compounded COVID stress. And it is no joke. It is really important that we pay attention to this because there are few conditions like stress in your life. Very, very few, only a handful of ailments can actually come into and affect your body that have no sort of um, cause outside of themselves, any sort of external conditions. Most, if not all of your stress that you feel in your life actually begins where? Where does stress begin? Your mind. It's not out there. It's not your boss. It's not your in-laws. It's not what, it's not your kids. It's here. That's where it actually begins in your mind. And it comes from thinking and then overthinking and then rethinking what you were overthinking over and over and over again to the point where this thing that starts in your mind begins to physically manifest itself in your body. It's unlike any other ailment in that regard. Few other things work that way. Like think about it. raise your hand or throw a hand. could you throw a hand in the comments online? Raise a hand, throw a hand if you've ever broken a bone in your body. Raise your hand if you've ever broken a bone or had to wear a cast for. Okay, sorry about that. That stinks, right? You don't that wasn't fun, was it? But think about it. When you broke whatever it was that you broke, your arm, your leg, whatever it was, you didn't think about breaking your leg to the point where it eventually broke. Did you? Now it may have started with something dumb you were thinking about that you thought you could do, 
like say picking up a skateboard in your 40s and thinking you could pick it back up like you were 20 again. I'm not saying that ever happened to me. I'm just saying I've heard stories where it could start with a dumb thought, but you can't think a bone into breaking. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But with stress, the more and more you work yourself up, the more and more you overwhelm yourself with thoughts of how bad work is, how full your life is, how hard it's going to be to pay the bills, how your kids are doing at school. Eventually, all of that stinking thinking begins to work its way from your mind and into and out of your body. Think about it right now. Think about it right now. When you imagine and think about stress, you feel it, don't you? Now, it just starts here. It literally starts here. But you feel it in your gut, right? You feel it stressed or clenched. You feel it in your body. You know how that feeling feels. We all hold stress differently, but we all feel it, don't we? All of us feel it. Because what stress loves to do is it loves to crash the party of your mind and eventually take your body out of presence with God, with yourself, with others. That's what, that's what stress does. Listen, this is one way of thinking of it. Stress takes a future possibility and makes it your present reality. Tell me what else does that. Stress takes a future possibility, like a maybe could happen, I don't know. And oftentimes what stress is about is the worst case scenario future possibility, but then brings it into somehow you are a time traveler. You go out into the future and think of all the worst things that could happen. And then you bring them into your present reality. And then you begin to not only think about it, you begin to feel it. You begin to get all worked up, right? It literally takes something that ultimately, if we were to be honest, lots of times you have no control over and it begins to control you, how you feel, how you think, your whole, and it takes you out of presence with God, with yourself, with others. Look, even just thinking about stress can stress you out. Can't, like, how many of you are feeling more stressed the more I've been talking about stress? <laughs> like, you're like, will this dude finish up? I got stuff to do. I can't just be sitting here listening to him this whole time. Like, it's amazing how it works, right? The way stress works itself out. It reminds me of a game that I was introduced to that I love and also very much hate. I was introduced to it in my 20s, and I wanted to bring, I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. I wanted to see if we can bring it out. Oh, thank you so much for bringing that out. Yeah, this thing is notorious. If you recognize it, thank you. This is like lightning reaction is the name of the game. And the way this game works is everyone grabs a handle, and on top of the handle, there's a little button. And what happens is you start this little timer and it plays this music, which I'm going to play for you, which I think is like in the elevator to hell. It literally plays this music and it starts stressing you out. And here's the deal. When the music stops, you can't be the last person to press the button or you get a very real shock. It like really shocks you. And it's a lot of fun until you lose. It's not, then it's not fun. I don't know why we call this a game. Here, listen, this is, I'm going to put this back because I do not want to feel this. Can you, can you hear this? Hear that music? Don't you feel stressed hearing that? And then it starts sending shockwaves through your body, like literal electrical shocks through your body. And you can buy this. You can literally, for Christmas, I'm just saying, this might be something to think about. And I, I was thinking about this game and how this so much is like how stress works in my life, just getting all worked up, all stressed out, worried about oh, how it's going to happen, how it's going to work. And I thought, how fun would it be if we could actually play together today to play a round of this? I, I wanted to play with you, but, um, you know, lawsuits. And so I thought, 
Well, I just, so I thought I'd bring some members of the band out because they have to do it. So let's bring them out right now. We're going to play a round of lightning reaction. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Here we go. All right. And Fabi talks, just so you know, big game. She talks big game about this. So we are on, I think we're on max. No, we're on normal. Okay. So in this scenario, if you press the button before the music is over, you get shocked. And if you're the last person to press it, you get shocked. So basically one of us is going to get shocked. Grab your paddles, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. And we'll play the music. And again, all you got to do, music stops. They've been playing all morning. So they're very much ready for this. And you got to be the first one to press the button. No stress, Fabi, but you're going down. Who got it? No one? All right, we're going up to Max. <laughs> Grab your handles. It's real. Julian knows it's real. Gotcha. Ah! That's real! You guys didn't get it? Did you break this? Did you rig this? All right, let's, let's thank them for that. Oh, man. That is, I've lost every time today. Fabi's, I think like electricity arced off this ring at that point. That was no joke. Whew. I'm feeling it, y'all. Listen, we're going to have this in the lobby afterwards if you want to challenge me, because I, I need a do-over on that one. That is, no, that is no joke. All right, so here's the deal. That's so much of like how our stress manifests itself in our lives. We're, we're holding stress, 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 stress. And in the end, only one person got shocked, this guy. Uh, right here. Like the other ones didn't get shocked, but they were living as though they were. That's, that's what we do. We, we live as though the worst case scenario is the best God can do for your life. That's what we do when, we, when it comes to stress. And here's, here's the crazy thing. Do you know kind of how it works with stress and with worry and all the things that we get worked up? The National Science Foundation found this. I've shared this once before in a message. I think this is so fascinating. They found this years ago that of all the things you're stressed about, I want you to think about the things you're stressed about right now. You know, all the things you're worried about, all the things you're worked up over. Do you know that 92% of the things you're stressed about right now will never actually come to pass? <laughs> Less than 10% of all of this is actually going to come to pass. But we, we live as though this is our reality. We just learn to live with stress. And it, again, not only affects our mind, but it affects our body. And ultimately, the most important thing is it takes us out of presence with God and with ourselves and with others. Listen, no one stresses their way into a meaningful life, but plenty of people stress their way into a miserable life. And maybe you've seen that. Maybe you've felt that. Maybe you experienced that, which is precisely why Jesus says, no, there is another way. I have a better way. It's the way that he actually lived. It's the way that he taught us. It's the way that he actually is inviting you and me into today. And this is what's so important. I want us to get this. It's a way of not only less stress, which is good and important. It's not just about less stress, but it's about, get this, more peace. There's a difference. It's not just about less stress. It's about having more peace in your life. And I want to show you an example of how Jesus brought this to light in Luke chapter 10. So if you've got a Bible with you, open to Luke chapter 10. If you're in this building, it's so good to see all of you right under your seat or on your armrest there in the balcony, you can actually turn to page 843 in the Soul City Bible. If you're with us online, 
Open up a tab, open up your actual Bible to Luke chapter 10, and we're going to look at this moment in the life of Jesus where he brings to light all that we've been talking about this morning. Now, one of the things that's so interesting in the life of Jesus, if you've ever read about or studied or explored the life of Jesus, one of the things that's often overlooked is that Jesus actually had friends. Like he had actual real friends, like people that he loved to hang out with, people that he loved to be with. And lots of his friends weren't actually his disciples. That's probably why they were his friends, because they weren't his disciples. They were people he just loved to be with. And a few of those friends that we know about from the gospel accounts are Mary and her sister Martha and their brother Lazarus. And they kind of come in and out of the life of Jesus throughout the gospel accounts. And on this occasion, Jesus was actually heading over to their place to hang out, which is pretty cool to think about. I want you to think about that for a second. If you found out right now, like you got a text right now that says, hey, Jesus is coming over for dinner tonight. Like, how would you reply? How would you respond to that? Like, you know, Jesus, son of God, creator of the universe, he's coming over to your place tonight for dinner. Now I know, some, okay, so I'm looking at, okay, so I can't see online, but some of these folks are just like, mm-hmm. I would say my house is open to the Lord. <laughs> my heart is his home. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. You're in church. Of course, we're going to have churchy answers. Okay. Let's do it a different way. If you got a text right now saying that Beyonce and Jay were coming over to your house for dinner tonight, do you think you might act a little differently? You think you might get up and get out of here right now? You think you might clean up your house if they were coming over for dinner? You think you might get a caterer for the Carters if they were actually coming over to your house? You might do that, right? You might feel a little stressed out like, oh my gosh, I am not ready for this. And that helps you kind of get into the framework, the mindset of where we're going to go in this story in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. We'll start right there. When I pause, just shout out the next word. That's how we all stay together on this. It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named who? Where a woman named? That's actually really important. Martha is the one who invites Jesus. Martha's the one. You're going to see in a minute, she kind of gets a bad rap. She's the one that extended an invitation to Jesus to come and hang out with them. Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he says. Now you get the picture, right? You get the picture. Martha's the one who invites Jesus over for dinner. Very, very, very nice. But Mary is just chilling. Like she's just chilling. She's just hanging on every word Jesus has to say. Like Like the house isn't even all cleaned up yet. So you can imagine you're Martha, you invite Jesus over, your sister lives with you. You're like, okay, we're gonna kind of do this thing together, but that's not at all what's happening. And Martha's looking around the house and she's realizing it's still kind of a mess. There's not enough appetizers for everyone. Is he gonna bring all his disciples with him? Where's that kid with the fish and the loaves when we need him? Like, you know, you can kind of see her getting all sort of worked up. And Mary is just sitting at Jesus' feet like, tell me that story again, where you walked on water. Like she's just loving it. She's just totally... In the moment, and Martha was feeling a certain kind of way about Mary in this moment. Verse 40 says this it says, But Martha was what? Martha was, ain't that it? She was distracted, as we all get. We get so distracted by all the things in our life. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. You see all that's going on here? So she, Martha, came to him, Jesus, and asked, This is bold, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do the work by myself. And I love this. Tell her to help me. Okay, Martha, go in. Like she is going in all the way. You tell, she's trying to tell Jesus to do a Jedi mind trick on Mary and like, you will do the dishes. Like she's trying to get 
him to do what she wants because she's so distracted by all that needs to get done for Jesus. And she's obviously stressing, right? Distracted by all her plans and all her preparations, stressed out about creating just the right experience for Jesus, making sure that everything is perfect, you know, for Jesus. Meanwhile, Mary is perfectly at peace in the presence of Jesus. Perfectly at peace in the presence of Jesus. She, she wasn't concerned about anything other than being with him in that moment. So I want you to look at Jesus' response in verse 41. This is what he says back to Martha. He goes, oh, Martha, Martha, sweet Martha, oh. And he's not condemning her. He's like, it's this love, it's this admiration. He's like, Martha, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. But you might be missing this here. You're worried and upset about many things. But few things are actually needed. Or indeed, actually, then he goes, you know, really only, I mean, like the table setting's nice. I love how you did the candles, but that's not needed. Only one is needed. And Mary's actually chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. It's so good. This is so important. It's important to pay attention. It's not that Mary wasn't doing enough. It's that Martha was doing too much. It's not that Mary wasn't doing enough. It's that Martha was doing too much, trying to get everything perfect for Jesus. And again, again, it's not even that all the things Martha was stressed about weren't important. That's not what Jesus is saying here at all. It's just that she made them more important than Jesus. And there he is right in her home. She was missing a moment that she would never get back with Jesus. She would never have that moment like that again. See, Mary got what Martha missed. And while it's easy for us like to look back at that story and kind of, you know, just go, Martha, Martha, Martha. Whew, not me. I wouldn't have done that. I mean, listen, I would have been like, I would have had everything done before Jesus got there. But still, I'd be sitting right at his feet. But no, let's like be honest. You do it. I do it. We all do the same thing. Every time that we, we give the wheel over to stress, we steer ourselves right out of presence and start heading in the opposite direction of peace. That's what happens. We miss our moment to be present with Jesus, to receive what only he can actually ultimately give, what we so desperately need. And that's that blessing of his peace, that blessing of his peace. And this is so important. As I was studying and preparing for our time to be here together. I was real excited to play this. Didn't think I would lose, but I was prepping and preparing and reading over this story that I've heard a ton of times. I've grown up around the church. I've heard this story. And I started thinking about all the times that I am just like Martha. And I began to write some thoughts down on this. And, and when it came to me, I, I texted John. I'm like, man, John, I think this is it. I think I was like, I kind of got the idea of what this story is. And I don't want you to miss this. So maybe if it's helpful, you might want to write it down because you think about all the things that you're stressing about, all the things that are going on in your mind right now that are actually affecting your body, whether you realize it or not. I don't want you to miss what Martha missed. And it's simply this, you're stressing maybe messing with your blessing. Think about it for a second. No, think about it. You're stressing, maybe mess. Oh no, I got to say that one again. You're stressing, maybe messing with your blessing. Now listen, 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 listen. That's pretty good, right? Like I texted it to John. I'm like, man, I think this is how you can sum up the whole story of Mary and Martha. And he said, keep going. And so I said, okay, I'm going to have to offer it to him like this. You're stressing, maybe messing with your blessing. And in fact, here's, no, no, listen, here's what I want you to do. Turn to the person next to you, look him in the eyes, type it in all caps in the comments, look him in the eyes and say, you're stressing, 
maybe messing with your blessing. Now listen, listen, listen. I know that's so cheesy. And I know that this is some of the best preaching you've heard since Jeannie. But, but think about it. Think about it. Tell me that's not true. That all you're stressing is, is, can be messing with the blessing that God has for you. Tell me that's not exactly what was happening to Martha in that moment. But that's not what was going on. Stressing about everything, having to be perfect for Jesus, missing Jesus in her presence. Missing Jesus right in front of her. And it was messing with her receiving the blessing that Mary, just feet away, was receiving right there. Tell me that's not exactly what's happening every time I get all worked up, every time you get all worked up and we get all in our head and it eventually begins to work itself out in our body. Tell me that's not what's happening with you and with me. All our stressing, it starts to mess with the blessing that God actually has for every single one of us. He has for you the blessing of his presence and his peace, and it's available fully and freely to you. It messes with your opportunity to experience that for yourself in real time as you are caught up in the mess of stress. Now listen, listen, listen. Again, like Martha, it's not that the things that we stress about don't matter to God. That's not the point of this story. It's just that so often those things take us out of presence with Jesus. And they become all that we can see. And full transparency, if I can be totally honest with you, I had, a Mar- I had a full-on Martha moment last weekend at this church. I mean, I was like full-on Martha at this church. Last weekend was such an amazing experience for us. We celebrated our 11th anniversary as a church. It was so fun if you were here. It was such a blast. It was so good to see so many people, people we hadn't even seen for quite a while, to be able to be together and and we had, I think we had the most amount of people we've had in our church since the pandemic. So, you know, there's people all over the place in every hallway. And it was amazing. It was a powerful time of worship. Gene and I did the best we could to offer this church the vision that we'd sense God given us for the next 21 days. Again, beautiful, beautiful weekend. But it was also a crazy weekend. And it was a crazy week for us. An absolute crazy week for us. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And then it went and found new stuff to go wrong and made those things go wrong. Like everything, all week. And if you were here last week, if you were here at the 9, or, or maybe you heard at the 9 a.m. gathering, it was a little crazy because we got a little hype with the haze, which is that kind of that smoke stuff that's on stage. And so, you know, like more haze, more praise is our philosophy. And so <laughs> we went a little overboard to the point where at 8.58 a.m. on Sunday, we set off the fire alarm in this building and shut every one of our magnetic doors And we had an opportunity to invite Chicago Fire to join us at church last weekend at the 11th. Now, that's real. They came. We had to take kids out of the building. All of that happened because we were getting too hyped in this room. There's another way we could have invited those folks from the fire department, but, you know, we didn't think of it. That happened. That happened right before the service started. So then we had to start our service later and kind of explain what had happened. And finally, eventually, after five minutes, the alarms went off. And then we, because of that, we went a little long in our service. So then we had to cut the last song, which is really this beautiful moment at the end of our service. And so that kind of flustered us and threw us off a little bit. And then at the 11 o'clock gathering, there was 
multiple overflow seatings. And if you sat in one of those last week, I'm so sorry, but I'm also so glad that you were here. And so we had all that going on. Soul City Kids was kind of overbooked. There was way more kids and families that came than we were ready for. We ran out of our less is more devotionals, which you're gonna hear about at the end of this gathering, this awesome thing that Jeannie wrote for our church. We just ran out of those. And it was right in the middle of the 11 o'clock, like right at this time, the 11 o'clock gathering, I was so stressed. And it had been just a week's worth of culmination of stress. And I was all in my head. I was sitting right over there and I was getting so mad at God. Here I am in church <laughs> getting mad at God because I'm just saying like, God, this is not how I imagined our 11th anniversary. We worked so hard. We didn't even get a 10th anniversary last year. We worked so hard on this. All these people are here and all we're trying to do is create space for these people to experience Jesus. Is that so hard, God? Like I thought this was your thing. Can you help us out here? And I was just all in my head thinking of all the things that were going wrong and why was it happening, you know, all that kind of stuff going on. Do you think in that moment, in the, in the middle of our church worshiping together, that's where I was at. And do you think my stressing might have been messing with my blessing in that moment? Do you think I was able to even see or receive or hear what God was doing in and through the lives of this church? Finally, thankfully, finally, thankfully, Holy Spirit got control during worship and I was able to look around this place and see this miracle of a space. It's a miracle. And I was, I was able to look into the eyes of, of folks that I love and care about in this church. And I was able to think just for a second, like, oh my God, look at all that we're celebrating, all these stories we're telling of all that God's done. And I, and I got to see the gift of all these people together. We didn't know we didn't have this last year at our anniversary. Got to hear the beautiful sound of our church worshiping together. Like when I kindly, like finally cleared out some of the noise in my head, I was able to actually hear what we were singing and saying to God. And, and then finally it sort of hit me. You know, all my work and all my worry, all my striving and all my stressing to try and help all of you experience Jesus. I missed it. I was missing it. So I stood there and just let the presence of Jesus wash over me. Oh, I, need, I just need to be with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. That's it. That's enough. That's enough. I just want to be with you. And, and all those problems and, and all those challenges that were all going on all week and in that moment, they didn't seem as important or as big in that moment as just being here and now with Jesus. I began to experience halfway through the last gathering of the day what I'd been missing because of all my stress and I'd been messing with just receiving that gift, that that peace that Jesus wants me to experience. And my, my hunch is you, you have your own story. Maybe there's something this week where you found yourself all worked up because things didn't go like you planned. It's not how you wanted. This relationship is not where you thought it would be at this point. You're fighting to keep your business alive, right? You're fighting to protect your family. You're trying to just, just hold it all together. And you found yourself, maybe like I did, just like you're all in your head and starting to work itself out through your body. And I just wonder if maybe Holy Spirit wants to right now just break through for you. And just say, my presence, my peace, my presence, my peace. That's all. That's enough. What's so fascinating to, to me is that, you know, Jesus' final words before he left this world, knowing all that was to come, all that he had endured and all that was to come for his friends and for his followers, he said something that's so important to pay attention to for each and every one of us who finds ourselves getting all messed up with stress, right? 
He says this in John 14, 27, right before he leaves the world and right before he leaves us, his Holy Spirit, he says this, listen to these words, and maybe you just need to let these words, like you just need to soak in these words for a second. This is what Jesus promises you. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give it to you as the world gives it. You know how this world does, right? It's give and take. It's conditional, right? I'll do this if you do that. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm just gonna give you my peace. I'm gonna give you my peace. That's how I give it to you, not like this world. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Some of the final things that Jesus said to us before he left this world, knowing all that we would face, having faced it himself. So I just wanna read those words over you again today. Maybe you just right now need to close your eyes for a second because you're feeling it, right? All that stress, you're carrying it, you're holding it. There's so much noise in your head and so much going on of all the things you think you have to do and all those future possibilities. Can I just read this over you again? Peace, Jesus says, peace. I'm just gonna say it, peace. 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 Peace I leave with you. My peace is what I give to you. I'm not gonna give it to you like this world gives where it's give and take. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give. So don't let your hearts be troubled. You don't have to be afraid. See, I think this is what our souls crave more than we even know or realize. It's, it's not just less stress, but more peace. More peace, that's what I need, more peace. More peace that passes, listen, more peace that passes all understanding. Can't explain it, can't contain it. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace to actually be still in the presence of God. Peace that calms the wind and the waves of your life. Peace that actually can rule over your heart and mind. It's peace, it's peace, it's peace, and it's fully and it's freely available to you right here, right now, today in Jesus. That's what Mary found. That's what Jesus talked about and showed us again and again and again. And it's simply this. It's the more that I am with Jesus, the more his peace is with me. It's simple. I don't have all the problems figured out. I don't have all the solutions to all my stresses. But I can be with Jesus. You can be with Jesus. And the more that I'm with Jesus, guess what begins to happen? The more his peace is with you. The more you actually experience that peace for yourself. Guess what else happens? It comes out of your life the more peace you give to others, the more peace you offer a world that is overrun with stress. This is the peace that Jesus promises and it's only found in his presence. That's the blessing. That's where it's at. That's why we make such a big deal about being present with God. That's why we make such a big deal about being here together like this because it recalibrates you, doesn't it? Do you feel that? For those of you who are able to and it's safe for you to be here on a Sunday, don't you feel a little bit like, Ooh, okay, I was getting crazy. I was getting all Martha there for a minute. <sighs> but I can, I can recalibrate. Yes, 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 yes. It's your peace and your presence, Jesus. That's why receiving communion like we did a minute ago, so important. Yes, yes, recalibrates me, recalibrates me. Because when you're all in your head stressing about this thing or that thing, when you're running out and into the future, running thousand different worst case scenarios, you're just about everywhere but with Jesus. That's where Martha was at. That's where I was at last Sunday, just being honest with you. That's where I was at. That's where we all go when we get into our head and we let stress take the wheel. But in the middle of it all, you can actually find yourself in that moment when you're stressed out, when you're overwhelmed, and you can make a little shift, just a little shift into the presence of Jesus.
into presence with him. And when you make that shift out of all that stress into presence with him, just stopping, being still, being with him, I promise you, but more important than that, Jesus actually promises you that you will find peace. You will actually find peace. You will have a different perspective for all the problems and challenges that you are facing. You know where that old path leads, right? That stress path, you know where that goes. Jesus is offering you another way. It's peace and it's found in his presence and it's available for you right here, right now. That's why we're doing this fast. That's why we're trying to say no to things that have our attention and have our affection so that we can say yes to Jesus, to simply be with him, to hear from him and to receive from him what only he can give, his peace. So here's your homework. We have homework. We like to give homework. We like to live this thing out. Here's your homework. And and this is really important because it's due tomorrow morning. Okay, I'm gonna call you tomorrow morning and check and see if it's done. It's due tomorrow morning. Here's your homework for today. Just determine what it is that you need to say no to so that you can say yes more to Jesus. That's it. We talked about that fast. That's what we're gonna do together. Would you just get real clear on it today? Lock it in today. Get real clear. And here's one of the best places to start. If you're like, I don't know what to fast. I don't know what to fast. You know, I got Thanksgiving coming up. I got all these parties. And I get it. It makes sense. Here's what I'd encourage you to do. Start with the thing that has the most amount of your attention and see if there might be something there. Start with the thing that's got you most distracted or where you feel most addicted to or attached to. And just see, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something there. But you got to lock it in by tomorrow morning because we're starting this thing together. And there's grace and there's grace and there's grace. But we want to go after this together as a church. So that's your homework to go Lock that in today so that you can actually be present with Jesus and experience all that he has for you, his peace that he promises. So here's what I want you to do. Stand up and we're gonna pray right now and we're gonna close out with a song that just declares what our heart is, what our intention is. We just want Jesus, that's it. I wanna be really clear about that. All this other stuff is awesome, but we want Jesus. That's it, nothing more, nothing less than Jesus. And lots of times when I find myself getting worked up or I don't know what to pray or I'm stressed out. There's a, there's a couple breath prayers that I go back into that are really, really simple that anyone can pray that I wanna just offer as a prayer for us as we close this message time together. I got a message from someone this week from our church and they're feeling it, they're going through, they're fighting to keep their business together this week or this has been going on for months now, but they let me know it's just gotten really intense this week and they're doing everything they can. Maybe you can relate to that. You're just fighting to hold it all together and I offer them like, like Here's a, there's a couple little breath prayers that I pray until I believe them. I just keep saying them until I believe them. The reason there are breath prayers, I say one phrase on the inhale and then I say another phrase on the exhale in my head, right? So you don't have to worry about breathing and talking at the same time, but one on the inhale and then one on the exhale. And it's a simple prayer that you can make, make your own today. And this is what I say on the inhale. Whatever may come my way, with Jesus, I will be okay. So I guess super simple, I get it. But, but maybe that might be your prayer that you need today. Whatever may come my way, with Jesus, I will be okay. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just breathe in and I'm going to pray that over you. Whatever may come my way, and then you can exhale. With Jesus, I will be okay. You can breathe it in again. Whatever may come my way, and then exhale. With Jesus, I will be okay. That's all we want, Jesus. That's all we want, nothing less. We just want you. We want what Mary got your presence, because in your presence, we find your peace. It's what you promised us. It's what you told us would be ours. And so we want just not, not just less stress in our life. We want more peace, more peace, more peace. And we believe that that's found in you. And so Jesus, we come to you to have what you offered, what you promised, 
your presence, your peace. May it be so for each of our lives. I pray for my brothers and sisters right now who are going through it. Would you just give them peace for their problems, peace as a new perspective, peace as their power to walk through this week. We pray in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for watching. My name is Brandon and I'm the Transformation Pastor here. Our hope is that this message encouraged you. And if it did, don't forget to share this link with a friend. Also, hit that subscribe button so you never miss a video and so that you can become a part of our global church online. And for more information about who we are or for giving information, feel free to visit our website. You'll see a link down below. And I hope is that we'll see you back soon.